a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Let's come to another conversation today about movies, but not just any movies. Movies that might depict Jesus or movies that even while they're not necessarily Christian movies, have some Christian themes or elements to the dialogue that's used in those movies that actually convey absolute biblical truth. Let's talk storytelling and imagination because some of these things can be lost on us. Peter Malone's latest book is called Christ Figures. They're on our screens, Gospel Values in Film. Peter Malone is back with us. Hi, Peter. Welcome back to 2020. Many thanks, Neil. Peter, storytelling, this is what movie directors do. They're relaying a story of a life, often in a film, and they attract something in our imagination. There's power in film, isn't there? There's great power in film, I would think. And it's, it's a contrast, in a way, uh, with, say, sermons. A sermon works well when we tell a story, doesn't it? Yeah. But if we just give a kind of intellectual lecture, maybe the congregation or the listeners can say, well, yes, that's true, but whether it touches them, I don't know. But if a story is told, or if we, have, if we read a book, if we see a television program, or we see a movie which has a kind of contained time frame within two hours, we have a whole experience of exciting storytelling. That's if the film is good, of course. There are some uh, not-so-good films. I'd better add that. Not-so-good films. Uh, Some of them are. And uh, let's come to the Jesus films, though, because there are so many of those. Some of us in our movie-watching travels are going to come across lots of movies that are depictions of the life of Jesus. And you've actually been a student of how they have portrayed many of Jesus' parables. What comes to mind for you when the movie storyteller is telling the story of Jesus, the most amazing imagination storyteller ever? In you asking me that question, one comes to mind, in fact, which I do like to use. So it's from... 1977-78, Franco Zeffirelli's originally made for television, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, I think it had eight episodes. Uh, It's available easily enough on DVD. And in fact, I think some of the scenes are actually available via YouTube if you do the search engine for YouTube. But he has uh, Jesus telling the story of the prodigal son. So it's Luke chapter 15, and the gospel starts, uh, Meanwhile, the tax collectors and the prostitutes were seeking his company and eating with him, and the scribes and the Pharisees complained. So Jesus tells them the story of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and of course the lost son, the prodigal son. Now, in the film, the writers have gone one better, so to speak, of Luke. They start with Peter, who had to pay his taxes to Matthew. So there's not all that much love lost between the two. And Peter is outside, and I think disapproving of Jesus going into that dinner. 
So there they are, the tax collectors and the women with all their paint and makeup. So you can see what the setting of the dinner is like. And Jesus says, let me tell you a story. So Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son, beautifully spoken by the English actor, Robert Powell. Now, the camera then shows Peter outside coming to the door and hearing the parable. And he hears the part about the older son who was remaining faithful and complaining about the younger brother coming back. And Peter then comes inside the room and reconciles with Matthew. So you've got the parable, but you've got an extra layer of parable. And I always say to a group when we show that, St. Luke in heaven is thinking to himself, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Different ways of interpreting even those parables of Jesus and the multi-dimensions that we might discover as we're reflecting on, even meditating on the Word of God. You've got a, a way of describing the way filmmakers have portrayed various parables in film and uh, with stories like The Good Samaritan that you describe as a mugging on the Jericho Road or uh, The Lazy Bridesmaids uh, when you've got the story of you know those that didn't have their wicks trimmed uh, on their oil lamps or you've got the story of the capricious king who could execute reluctant wedding invitees. It brings those parables to life when you start to talk about them in light of the fact that this is the way the human heart operates. Yes, I suppose we've become very familiar with the parables over the years and they need some kind of alert, whether it be like Zeffirelli alerting us to the prodigal son in connection with Peter and Matthew reconciling, or actually... I think, reminding us that Jesus is fairly cinematic in his telling of the parables and that if he were around today, he might be making films. And so uh, he doesn't take necessarily specifically religious topics, say, from the Old Testament books. There are certainly some references. But he just tells a story that makes sense in the context of of ordinary people's lives. So whether it be um, weeds in the fields needing to be plucked out, labourers looking for work and being employed or not employed, of capricious servants who start bullying when they don't get what they demand and they, of course, avoid the higher authorities, all those kinds of things. There's a whole treasure trove there of Jesus' stories. And... I would think that a number of films are dramatising those particular characters. What I like very much about prayer is the widow who keeps coming to the judge who won't listen to her. And one of the translations says she perseveres, she pesters, she persists. So the three Ps bringing to life what Jesus is saying, keep on praying. But he tells it in the context of the woman coming to the unjust judge, who is so exasperated he finally gives in. Peter, you've been reviewing movies and a a critic of movies now for 50 years. Uh, There's a sense in which if we're talking storytelling and imagination, 
there's something special about the current generation. And I'll get your thoughts here because as an octogenarian, someone who's in your 80s, Today, everyone is potentially a filmmaker because we carry around these little devices in our pockets and we can make our own films. And so many people do make their own creative films. What are your thoughts? They display them on TikTok. And they do. So the thought of storytelling and imagination that we might talk about with you on big screen movies, this is something that that same storytelling and imagination can uh, can really permeate into the everyday filmmaking of every single person listening to our conversation today. I would hope that it would, Neil, because one of the things is a lot of making your own movies is kind of a moving picture selfie and self-focused rather than looking outwards. And I think the more creative young people are, they're not looking at themselves so much They're looking at people around them. They're looking at those kinds of stories, and that's what attracts them. And I hope that they are really making short films, which we could characterise as value films, that people would want to watch. And when they watched it, uh, compliment the young filmmaker that they have those kinds of insights and empathy towards other people. So, yes, there are wonderful opportunities these days. As I will sometimes say to people, when you're reading the Bible, not everything is G-rated. In fact, uh, things in the Bible you can class as R-rated, but we don't tend to think of the Bible and of Jesus and his audience in those terms. But there's a sense in which when you describe those biblical first century apostles, uh, you also describe the financial crooks and the sex workers that uh, were around in the cohort that followed Jesus. There's a sense here in which you can bring the truth of the Bible to light if you start looking at those biblical characters with a 21st century lens. I think you're right to say focus on the characters rather than the themes. That the Mary Magdalene story, even though she gets tangled up with the woman in Luke chapter 8 who gate crashes. Simon's party and uh, the woman taken in adultery so there are all kinds of tangles but they are stories of actual people Um, for instance with Mary Magdalene the Da Vinci Code seems to be nonsense but I'm very taken with how she is portrayed by um, Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice in Jesus Christ Superstar and the beauty of the song I Don't Know How to Love Him And the other song she sings with Peter, Could We Start Again, Please? So they looked at Mary Magdalene as a character, not necessarily as a theme or an issue or sin and all the rest of it, but they have brought her to life in relationship with Jesus and how he then would respond to her. And that, I think, is where the film touches our, our imaginations and openness to more possibilities of understanding and forgiveness, etc. What about the local church, Peter? Because so many local churches these days, because they have access to all the best technology that anybody else does, to do creative things that really stir the imagination in the way that they'll be supportive of the ministry program within the local church. Any thoughts here about how churches might get inspired about doing things with the latest technology available and the creativity that they'll have in their congregations? 
Well, just recently, uh, instead of a homily, um, I was invited to present something uh, on Jesus who lived with a human heart. And it was at the sermon time. And a couple of years ago, in the same context, I had used a series of pictures of Jesus, from the classics to the pious to the more creative, and it enabled people to, just as they looked and listened, uh, to reflect on their own attitude and relationship with Jesus. So using then the film clips, um, the one I liked is the one I, actually I mentioned about the telling of the prodigal son, but some of the others uh, I'd like very much uh, the Agony in the Garden song from Jesus Christ Superstar, where Jesus starts at the bottom of a mountain and climbs the mountain with the tension in the lyrics and the music to a kind of primal scream where he's suffering, but then he surrenders. Now, if you show that, and I think it goes for six minutes, it's an extraordinary experience compared with my just verbal description in a few moments of that very scene. So the technology enables us to watch, to hear, to participate, rather than simply to listen. Amazing ways of being creative in the way you think you will portray the person of Jesus, the message of the gospel, the values of the Bible. Very powerful. And uh, on another day, perhaps a conversation about how those with a mature head on their shoulders who might be able to reflect on those values can work with a younger generation who has the technology at their fingertips. But Peter Malone, let me point listeners to your latest book called Christ Figures. They're on our screens, Gospel Values in Film. You've written another book called Dear Movies, and there's others too that listeners will be able to connect with. They can simply Google Peter Malone and find your website. They'll also be able to get your book, Christ Figures, available at online booksellers. Peter Malone, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your heart with us once again today on 2020. Neil, thank you very much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 